You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, you know, going back to uh, last episode, we were just starting the uh, – GM meetings, following the GM meetings that were going down in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what are the biggest takeaways that you've heard coming out of the GM meetings, especially when it comes to the Mariners, and then maybe we'll go a little bit broader to the our competition? Um, well, I've, I've, I've read some uh, things online from uh, John Paul Morosi saying that the Mariners are very much interested in uh, Nemo, mm-hmm. the center fielder from... Uh, the Yankees or from the Mets excuse yeah. me as well as uh, also hearing now that the Mariners are highly interested in outfielder from Japan Matsutaka Yoshida mm-hmm. um, so those are kind of the two names that I heard are kind of linked to the Mariners specifically so that's about what I've heard so far how about you yes I've been hearing that name a lot I've been hearing uh, Yoshida's name a lot I've also been hearing Josh Bell um you know, if we want to land on Josh Bell here for a second, you know, he was an all-star in 2019, uh, you know, hit over 30-something home runs, had 119 RBIs, you know, 2020, obviously it was a shortened season. You know, he hasn't put those specific numbers back up, but still last year he was hitting 301 before he went to the Padres. Yeah, he only hit 192 down there and didn't do so great, kind of kind of has this triggering feeling of uh you know Frazier when you <laughs> when you think about him um but this guy hits from both sides of the plates we've talked about it plays first base yes we do have a first baseman but the DH situation needs to be upgraded also Ty has shown in the past few seasons that even though he gets through these injuries and he gets out there on the field it seems like it wouldn't be bad to be taking care of one of your best hitters uh also you know he would essentially do a a 36 year old i don't want to use ageism because i hate it i hate it Uh, that's that's coming from an from an older person than 36 but uh 36 and uh bell's gonna be 30 when the season starts i believe and uh it you know it would be a bit more much more expensive but an upgrade to me. What are your thoughts on Josh Bell and how do you think he would fit on the Mariners uh, with the roster the way it is right now? Well, I mean, with another award that Julio won with the Silver Slugger, I, I kind of, I want to say that Bell was in the running, if not won one this year too. I could be wrong. I might be mixing him up with somebody else, but uh, yeah, Josh Bell would be a great addition, you know, to take over for maybe the Santana role. Um, like you said, switch hitter, a little bit younger. 
has some more, probably more miles left in him. But yeah, I think he would be a nice pickup for the Mariners. I've been kind of hot on him even before it was a reality. I just was watching some Padres games and going, man, you know, he was just part of the Soto deal quietly, quietly. And I was reading this article of going like he had, he hadn't performed the way they wanted, uh, you know, him in the trade, but so neither did Soto, you know, the, the, the guys that came over from Washington didn't really perform, you know, but they still made it to, you know, a couple games away from getting to the world series. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with all that. No, no doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting somebody that has some playoff experience and big at bat experience and, you know, he's in that right age group, you know, that a lot of these guys are, you know, late twenties, early thirties. I think it's a, I would think it's a good mix. Again, what's the price going to be on that? I don't see honestly somebody like him getting signed too early. I think that might be one of these, uh, maybe after the meetings sometime close to Christmas, uh, hopefully, you know, I, I mean, I'd be all for this. I'm hoping that's my, my one, you know, realistic person that I really think would fit. And so would, so would, uh, Nemo or Nemo. How do you say his name? Brandon Nemo. Yeah. Finding Brandon Nemo, you know, finding a way to sign Brandon Nemo bell and, you know, getting Yoshida, that would be awesome. But also, you know, we have a lot of out, we do have a lot of outfield options. Are they, up to the standards of what Mariners fans and what the front office feels. I don't think so right now. Um, with that being said, uh, let's check in on some of these big, the big, the big dogs of this free agent class. Uh, again, obviously Aaron judge is the bell of the ball. What are you hearing about, uh, Aaron judge? Um, you know, probably that everyone is in, is, wanting Aaron Judge, uh, probably the Yankees more than anybody, but also hearing the other big names, the Dodgers, you know, the the Giants being named in on him. I mean, he's a guy who's going to get probably upwards of $300 million. Um, Wow. So that would, I mean, the Mariners can afford that if they want to make that type of uh, acquisition, in my That's opinion. So, um, but you know, he would be great in the outfield. It was nice to see when New York was in town, how him and Julio got along. You noticed it at the all-star break with them conversating, yeah. but it all comes down to money. So it's whoever's going to fork over the most cash, in my opinion. And I know we just marvel at the home runs and, you know, him taking out Babe Bruce record. But man, this guy realistically could play any position in the outfield if you needed to him i don't think he's an everyday center fielder but he has played center field he's played right field he's played left field so he's he's been around the outfield so there's versatility which is the thing that you know jerry and scott talk about all the time yeah and going back to contrast what we talked about just a little bit ago with yoshida and nemo the word i hear about yoshida uh, reading up on him is he's not a very good defender, doesn't really have the foot speed, kind of maybe, you know, in the same breath of a winker or even like a former Mariner, like, you know, in Orioka, you know, somebody like that. So he doesn't have the defensive prowess that the Mariners are probably looking for. And then as far as Nemo goes, yeah, he isn't the fastest guy as far as base running speed and stealing bases, but he's an He's a defender that most guys think since he's getting up to be in his 30s will probably 
be better moved to a corner outfield position. So, like you said with Judge, he can play everywhere. But then to talk about those other two guys, that's kind of where I've read they can lay out as far as the Mariner roster. Right. And, of course, the, you know, the, the next tier down would be the four big shortstops, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it before. I think you have to seriously upgrade up the middle. And one of those four shortstops would be a massive upgrade, in my opinion. Yeah, I keep hearing this Trey Turner wants to be on the East Coast because he's from Florida. I have heard some uh, interest from the Phillies into, into Bogarts. Uh, what have you heard about that and any of the other rumors or teams tied to these, these four shortstops? Yeah, I mean, I've heard probably most of the rumors that you have and other people have. I heard that about Trey Turner. I think it's going to come down to probably like anything in life and anything with these guys. It'll come down to money. I did hear on baseball um, uh, MLB Network that Greg Amsinger uh, thought that Dansby Swanson would end up in a Mariner uniform. That's hard really? to say. Yeah, so that was kind of his prediction. So, I mean, it's everybody's just, you know, predicting, but that's one that I did hear about the Mariners in one of those shortstops. Yeah, and, you know, like they keep going, Seattle's a hard sell, it's this and that. I think the hard sell more than the travel because the travel is going to be a little bit equal now, a bit more. The Mariners may travel a little bit more next year, but it looks like possibly less, especially with the uh, way they have done the season where everybody plays everybody. Now teams are going to have to travel much more, so you can kind of take that out of the equation as as much. Um, And also, I think there was a stigma about Seattle. Loser franchise, loser place. Uh, Nobody could hit in there, and... This season and the season before, you know, what they're building here, and especially with Julio getting the rookie of the year, Julio getting locked up, locking up, you know, somebody like Castillo, and just the vibe that has been seen nationally. I believe that's a place, if I'm a player, it's like, man, I, I would like to play there. I do sound like a homer, but the atmosphere and the vibe has drastically changed. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the vibe has changed. The Mariners. Like you said, they're a winning club the last couple of years. They made the playoffs. They've shown that they fork over the cash for good players. Yeah, that's a big deal to, you know, pending free agents. Yeah, and I wonder if, like, somebody, like, again, I've brought him up, too. I haven't really looked too much into that. Didn't do my homework on this, but Gene Segura. Gene Segura is a, a great hitter. Um, you know, he's, he's serviceable in the field. Wouldn't be somebody that you would put over at shortstop. He would have to come play second base. He's already played second base. Have you heard anything on the old Gene Gene, the hitting machine, specifically trying to hit uh, D Gordon? I mean, I haven't heard anything specifically um, as far as any of the, you know, media outlets. I've read a few people mention that I, I haven't really re- um, thought about, but his time where he got in that fight was a really big deal, and that really has put off the Mariners. So that could be a factor sure. in not wanting to bring him back. Gene threw me a ball from the, from the stands, coming in on a third out. I caught it. I got video of that. <laughs> I should probably put that on the uh, Instagram, too. So I'm all for 
uh, Gene Zucker, <laughs> just based off those statistics alone. No, but I, I, I hear you on that. Like, it might have just been something that was like, you know what? This is good, but it's it's just not it's just not a good fit, you know. Um, and, oh yeah, and with him him declining his seventeen million dollar player option, I just feel like he feels that he can get a lot more, and I just don't see the Mariners, you know, paying yeah. that that much more for that position. And like we talked about last episode, I just feel the Mariners are going to keep JP at shortstop. They're going to look to upgrade at second base via trade. That well, would be my assumption. Well, that's a good uh, segue for the next thing I'd like to talk about, which is you know the the Depoto, the Depoto. We can't call it the Depoto show. We got to get a new name for it. I don't know the Depoto uh, depositions, <laughs> the Depoto stuff. So since last episode, obviously he's been a busy man down there at the GM meetings with his GM, pretending he's not a GM. He's like the GM chaperone, right? He was the GM chaperone at Vegas, in Vegas. Uh, and I wonder if he just hung out by the pool and did some drinks. No, he was the one doing all the talking, you know, and he said on the Jerry DePoto show, you know, the Mariners were pretty aggressive with their talking down there at spring training, or sorry, at the GM meetings. Sorry, he's been looking for those athletic, rangy type players that can play multiple positions, pit, hit in many spots in the lineup. We've kind of already seen that from like the blueprint, right? With the players that we have there already. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. The Mariners have shown that they like that versatility. Like you said, I mean, especially off the bench, you know, with the Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore type of players. Um, yeah, I, I would assume that's exactly the type of player that the Mariners are hoping to uh, acquire to make their team better and find a starter in the infield. Yeah, and uh, you know when he says rangy, he doesn't specifically just talk about defense either. So the switch hitters, that's why I think Josh Bell's kind of one of those people I would watch. He also got into two other things that were pretty interesting in the last uh, couple of interviews. One was obviously the Mitch Hanniger talk. Uh, Obviously, since then, he has not gotten that qualifying offer, but did explain like, hey, you know, Mitch knows where we're at. We know where Mitch is at. You know, there's 29 other suitors out there, but, you know, he's a locker room guy like we talked about. Uh, you know, obviously the 19 or $20 million offer is a bit high to pay somebody that hasn't strung together a lot of healthy seasons, but I think the Mariners did the right thing. I know that you kind of, thought that was going to be the case, but it seemed to me there was a lot of talk about trying to get him back in here. I mean, he is the person that we know. That's why last episode I picked, if we had one Mariner that was a free agent who would give us the most value that we could get back. And I think we could get back. That's why I landed on Mitch Hanniger. What do you think uh, now after you've heard what DePoto's got to say? Yeah. I mean, I think in reality, Jerry's being honest. Um, he's just, you know, they, the Mariners don't feel that he's that type of player at that price of $19 million, but they want to give him the opportunity to see what's out there. And hopefully, you know, for the Mariners' sake, um, the, uh, he doesn't get an offer that blows him out of the water. So then there's a chance maybe he could come back to Seattle on a more club-friendly deal. And when I mean club-friendly, I'm saying, I don't know, probably somewhere just below $15 million, maybe 12 to $13 million for a one year or maybe you know, per year, maybe two-year contract at the most. I don't see anything more than that. But um, I, I think it's 
I, I truly believe Jerry would like to have him back at the right price. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to see him get signed back with us right away. I think this is another one of those wait and see. We'll see where the market. But honestly, like after Nemo and after Judge, you know, as far as the outfielders, you know, yeah, there's Ben Attendee and there's some other people, but it it's not that deep of a free agent pool this season, especially in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, the Mariners, you know, have their flow chart of kind of, you know, what they want, I would assume. And then they're just going to react how chips fall off the board or if chips will hopefully fall to them. And, you know, I think, like you said, Hanniger might be on the lower tier just to get things worked out. If these players, if they want to go to other, go end up going to other clubs, then they can, you know, get Mitch back. And like you said, probably later on in the free agent process. Yeah. And it definitely makes me ponder of where on the list of things to do is this, is this somebody, is, is Mitch going to be somebody we see signed after we sign these other pieces? Or is this somebody that we sign to be like, Hey, we're bringing back more of this nucleus. We still have other room. Also, he's somebody that can be a right-handed DH, you know, as far as flexibility with the lineup, like Jerry's talking about. Oh, I totally agree. He would be a great DH, you know, I mean, it would help keep him a little bit more healthy, I would assume, even though he got hurt up at the plate this year. I mean, to me, a perfect scenario would be Mitch, you know, DH in four days a week and playing maybe the outfield the other two to three, in my opinion. Yeah, so maybe you could see a, you know, Ty France Bell acquisition, let's say him, uh, and Hanniger kind of rotating through that DH spot, you know, on a six or seven day game week. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, that could be the case. It uh, seems a little crowded to me, you know, but, you know, I'm all all for having great players off the bench as well. Yeah, well, and you're talking about two players in that crowd right there that one has gotten injuries, put himself back out on the field pretty quickly, and another player that hasn't been able to get themselves out on the, on the field consistently. And then you add a switch hitter that maybe doesn't have as much mobility. Maybe it's not as crowded as we think, you know, hype, you know, hypothetically going through 162 games. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I guess when I mean crowd, I mean getting starts, you know, I mean, the Mariners use their bench a lot for pinch hitting, especially towards the end of the year. I mean, if the player is willing to do that and, you know, the price is right. I could see that. It all, you know, it all comes, you don't want to be paying, like, let's say, Bell a whole chunk of money just to be coming off the bench. But like you said, him rotating in at first and them, them rotating between Hanniger at, at playing the outfield and DHA, yeah, I guess it's a possibility. 